Hi, it's Mal Brooks here, the WIA manager. Uh, just wishing all our membership a happy new year and a Merry Christmas and all of the above. And we hope to make contact with you in 2011. the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Hey, thanks for the use of your ears. Yes, it is the WIA National News. This for week commencing December 12, 2010. And Sable Island, that on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again de-expedition, has again been postponed. The following from Randy, N0TG, and published on the Southgate news pages, and I quote, Bad news. We've just been advised that the Sable Island beach will not be suitable for landing this week, nor next week. Then after next week, that puts us into the holiday period. Thus, we have no choice but to return home, regroup, and try and come up with a new reschedule. Now, this press release, unlike the earlier November ones, does not mention anything about options for the refund of donations. But, unfortunately, Sable Island, yep, off again. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au This is Margaret from the WIA office. I'd like to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a happy and safe New Year. All set for Amateur Radio's PR Day 2011. The WIA has announced that the 2011 WIA National Field Day will be held Sunday, April 17, 2011. Feedback from operators has been received requesting a change from October, that was the date of the 2010 event, And so the WIA have decided to have the event close to the IARU's World Amateur Radio Day, which of course is April 18. And the IARU's theme for this coming World Amateur Radio Day? Amateur Radio, the first technology-based social network, which has also been adopted by the National Field Day now for 2011. Rules and guidelines will be announced early in the new year. December birthday. Yes, we really did have long-wave broadcasters here in Australia. This month sees the 87th anniversary of the establishment of VK's second radio broadcaster, this a long-waver, way back in 1923. 2FC Sydney was the first to be licensed from July 23, but first on air was 2SB Sydney, which went to air November. 2FC was 5,000 watts, Transmitted via a squirrel-type cage antenna supported from two 60-metre-high steel lattice towers spaced some 180 metres apart. The station operated on the long-wave frequency of 1,100 metres, or 171 kilohertz. Summerland Council are off their trolleys. Northern Star News in the Lismore-Ballina area, served by the Summerland Amateur Radio Club, has reported on an innovative shopping trolley management system which locks down trolleys to stop them being taken outside a certain area of a grocery store. Ballina Shires Council has been debating the best way to control wayward trolleys for a while. Councillor Keith Johnson has recently become aware of Trolley Guard, a system used extensively in ZL which uses a buried perimeter antenna and an RF transmitter to generate a low-frequency signal to define the limit of trolley travel. When a trolley rolls near the antenna line, 
Its brakes lock onto the wheels and the trolley is stopped dead in its tracks. The basic concept is great, he said, but we'd probably need hundreds of metres of buried transmission lines, so it could be quite expensive. Medical experts have cast doubt on a Danish study that found pregnant mothers who regularly use mobile phones were more likely to have children with behavioural problems. The survey tracked the long-term health of the children. Mothers supplied detailed information about their lifestyles, diets and habits during and after pregnancy, including mobile phone use. The researchers found that kids who had been exposed to mobile phones both before and after birth were 50% more likely to have behavioural problems. But Professor Rodney Croft, Executive Director of the Australian Centre for Radio Frequency Bioeffects Research and a Professor of Health Psychology at the University of Wollongong, said that mothers remembering their phone usage in a survey does not provide a good estimate of exposure. I don't believe that this study provides evidence of a negative effect of maternal mobile phone use on childhood development, nor for the need of added caution, relative to that already provided by the Australian standards, he said. Now, that group, the Australian Centre for Radio Frequency Bioeffects Research, or ACRBR, is a consortium consisting of RMIT University, Swinburne University of Technology, Telstra Research Labs and DPM in Melbourne and in Adelaide, the Institute of Medical and Vet Sciences. Uh, hello, this is Philip Adams, I'm uh, WIA, the Director, wishing all members a very safe and happy new year and all the best for the Christmas season. If you only attend one radio event in 2011, then it must be the Centre Victoria Radio Fest number no. 4 at the Kyneton Racecourse on Sunday the 13th of February, just an hour from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo. It has been described by a leading electronics publication as one of Australia's largest and best-known amateur radio community communications field days. The biggest of its type in Victoria and the only one that has been supported by all the major commercial traders since it began in 2007. The Centre Victoria Radio Fest also offers three different ways people can sell second-hand radio equipment and accessories, non-commercial lots, bits and pieces. The traditional table sales continue to be popular. The other options are car boot sales or trailer and van loads. It's your choice. Add to this interesting program, including the mini lecture series, and this is truly a major event and a great social occasion for anyone with an interest in radio. See you at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest Kyneton Race Course on Sunday the 13th of February. I'm Bruce Lees, VK3 Triple F, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Thanks, Bruce. Now, continuing a look around VK... In VK2, Wyson receives a $500 grant. Wyson Northern Rivers received the grant by Advantage Salary Packaging, a company which provides salary packaging services to the VK2 North Coast Area Health Service. Advantage invited employees of NCAHS to apply for a community grant. They supported 20 local organisations along the North Coast, donating a total of $10,000, $500 to Wyson. Next meeting of Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club will be 2pm Saturday the 8th of January in the SES building in Central Road, Port Macquarie. Visitors will be made particularly welcome at this meeting, so if you're planning to be in the port area January 8 on holidays, make it along. Tark does Australia Day. Get out your corked hats and throwing thongs. Townsville Amateur Radio Club will be out in the field for Australia Day at the famous Loam Island ARDF Grounds and Shelter from 11.30am, Wednesday, January 26. It's BYO everything, but come along and engage in Aussie fun and mirth and even do some radio things. 
14th of October saw the Gulf come up digital only. We're talking of the Gulf region of South Australia. And a new television licence is also slated for Riverland and Mount Gambier. Yes, the Broadcasting Services Act of 1992 provides for the allocation of an additional commercial television broadcast licence in markets where only two commercial television broadcasting licences are in force. The services to be broadcast under the licences are to operate in a digital mode only. And 14th of October saw the Gulf come up digital only. The two new wind licences for Mount Gambier and the Riverland will see under the government's digital television switchover timetable all analogue TV services in the Riverland and Mount Gambier southeast licence areas switched off December 15. West Australian amateurs will be gathering for a barbecue next Sunday, December 19, at lunchtime at Synergy Parkland. That's in May Drive, Kings Park. Guest at the barbecue will be the President of the Wireless Institute of Australia, Michael Owen, VK3KI, who's been looking for an opportunity to visit VK6 and was pleased to accept this invitation. He's looking forward to talking with you and will no doubt address the group. The venue has free electric barbecues, parking, kiosk, cafe, playground and adventure stuff for kids. So mark the date in the calendar, Sunday, December 19, lunchtime, Synergy Park, Kings Park, BYO, everything. And while in Perth, Michael will be meeting with club reps and the VK6 advisory group at the Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre on the Saturday prior, 18th of December at 2pm. North West Tasmania Amateur Television Group's Slow Scan TV Gateway Upgrade. Yes, it's currently undergoing a software upgrade to be completely running slowscantv.net and it's written to run on Windows employing XP and above utilising .NET 4 framework. It's anticipated the gateway will soon be back on air using 145.625 for local slow scan TV users. VK3 Group NERG will run a licence upgrade course in the new year with the aim of getting all participants to the advanced level. The course will run one night per week for several weeks and those interested should contact Greg VK3 VT via email or telephone. The telephone number is 94320563. And congratulations to the following who have recently passed assessments. Scott VK7 FRRT, the standard assessment. Tony, VK7FTCL, also passed standard. Roger, VK7FRJS, advanced assessment. And another Roger, VK7HMH, also passed his advanced assessment. And Lee passed his foundation licence, is looking for VK7FLAR as a call sign. So congrats to all who've upgraded and Lee who's entered this great hobby of amateur radio. If you're interested in an amateur radio assessment in the Hobart region, Contact Reg VK7 Kilo Kilo, his telephone number, it's a mobile, 0417-391-607. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southern suburbs of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater, 147.000, at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Morgan, VK5 Triple M, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. International news with thanks to RSGB Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. Habex 3 flies Saturday 18th of December 2010. 
18th of December, the Habex team launch a third high-altitude balloon, carrying various payloads in preparation for a school's launch in 2011. Consisting of about eight schools, this payload is made up of four separate modular units. The primary part of the payload is the controller board, which has been locally designed and built, and contains an APRS unit, which will provide the balloon location during the flight. Also on board are eight inputs and outputs that can be configured for analogue or digital operation. All data will be transferred via the APRS packets. Also in the payload will be a beacon transmitting a message in CW on 7023 kHz. Listeners are encouraged to send QSL cards to ZS6SCI if the beacon was heard. The Habex team is finalising the data sheet and listeners are encouraged to visit the Habex website www.habex.za.net. The RAC Radio Amateurs of Canada Board is currently looking at the RAC membership rate structure. Among the changes to be made is the introduction of a new membership class and the adjustment of international rates. Many members have told RAC that they place a high value on RAC activities and have asked for a premium membership. RAC is pleased to announce the new Radio Amateurs of Canada Maple Leaf Operators Membership. Members in the first year will receive a signed RAC Maple Leaf Operators Certificate to be listed in TCA, be recognised on the RAC website and receive an RAC PIN with their call sign and more. The RAC Maple Leaf Operators Membership is $100 a year and is available on automatic renewal. Neutron bomb inventor Sam Cohen, who in 1958 designed the nuclear weapon intended to kill people but do minimal damage to cities, has died in Los Angeles at 89 of stomach cancer. The neutron bomb used tiny particles that could whiz through objects with little damage but still kill we humans. Cohen also helped build the atomic bomb dropped on Nagasaki, Japan in World War II. FCC goes after mainland China cellular jammer supplier. The FCC has issued an official citation to the mainland China-based company Jammer World and its online subsidiary the JammerStore.com, this for marketing an unauthorised radio frequency device in the United States in violation of the Communications Act. Amateur Radio Newsline's Norm Seeley, KI7UP, has the details. According to the FCC citation, this past July 20th, an agent from the Enforcement Bureau's Columbia office viewed Jammer World's website. There, he observed an advertisement for a device listed as a handheld GPS and cell phone jammer Mini GPJ. On July 21, 2010, the agent made an undercover buy online and received the device through the mail from New Century Technology Limited. The agent conducted tests and confirmed that the device jam signals in the cellular telephone band from 845 to 975 megahertz and the PCS band from 1800 to 1996 megahertz and the GPS frequency of 1575.42 megahertz. Based on this and other findings, the FCC citation tells Jammer World that if it continues to violate the Communications Act or the rules by engaging in sales to customers in the United States, the Commission may impose monetary forfeitures of up to $16,000 for each such violation or each day of a continuing violation and up to 112500 for any single act or failure to act. 
In addition, violations of the Communication Act or the rules can result in seizure of equipment through forfeiture actions, as well as criminal sanctions, including imprisonment. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Norm Seeley, KI7UP in Scottsdale, Arizona. On December 17, a new trio of flight engineers are expected to arrive at the ISS following a December 15th launch. They are U.S. astronaut Catherine Coleman, KC-5ZTH, the European Space Agency's Paolo Nispoli, whose call is IZ-0JPA, and a Russian cosmonaut. We'll have more ham radio-related space news later on this week's Amateur Radio Newsline Report. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, and from your friends here in the United States at the Amateur Radio Newsline, we say a hearty congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on its 100th anniversary. Hello, this is Diane Ashton, Examinations Officer for the WIA. I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a safe and Happy New Year. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ with a slightly croaky voice. Special events and on-air contest column dateline 2010 and 2011. December 10, 2010, ARRL 10 meter contest 0000 hours UTC through Sunday evening, December 12th at 2359 hours UTC. January 1, AMSA 2011, Straight Key Night. Straight Key Night on Oscar 2011 is conducted by AMSAT for radio amateurs throughout the world. This year's event is dedicated to the memory of Dick Peacock, W2GFF, who died this year, age 91. Dick was an active satellite operator in the 70s and 80s, mostly on CW and usually with a straight key, and could always be counted on for a kind word and a friendly QSO. There are no rules, no scoring, no logs required. Just operate CW on any Oscar satellite using a straight hand key. From 0000 hours UTC through 24 hours UTC on January the 1st, working as many SKN stations as you can. In keeping with the friendly nature of this event, each participant is asked to nominate one of the operators worked for Best Fist. It is not necessary that you nominate the Best Fist of anyone you heard, just that those you worked. January 15 and 16, WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day. Includes microwave challenge with special certificates to be awarded to participants on microwave bands. TARC John Moyle Field Day 2011. The TARC Inc. will be participating in the John Moyle Field Day weekend from Friday afternoon the 18th to Sunday afternoon the 20th of March 2011 at the Girl Guides Association of Queensland Baden Powell Campsite and Training Centre, Tulakia Beach Road, Blue Water. Camp under the trees are in the mobile shack stroke chariot at Possum Valley Emu Parade Pioneers Ridge Wallaby Park, Bowers Crest or Lanos Ridge campsites or sleep in the dorm at Blue Water House. Portable operation is the go, so make sure you bring plenty of batteries and whisper quiet. John Moyle Field Day 2011, it's only half an hour drive from the Thurungau Central CBD. Special event stations, repeater, beacon, DX, and net advice. Heath, VK6TWO, the Western Australian Repeater Group president, says that the group has been providing amateur repeater services to WA for several decades and has recently had a significant injection of enthusiasm. The WARG has been very busy this year with several projects and activities taking place. Probably the most significant of the activities was the WIA centenary celebration through use of the VK100 WIA call sign throughout the event called Super Springtime, as detailed on the front cover of the November edition of the AR magazine. Super Springtime also saw two simultaneous public displays of AR at Wireless Hill and the Perth Royal Show for the duration of the event. 
WARG currently has over a dozen sites hosting repeaters, APRS digipeaters, packet digipeaters and beacons including the DXCF International DX Beacon. And as my voice finally gives out, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ for VK1WIA National News in Ingham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the Sunshine Coast, it's relayed on 146.825 and 146.850 at 9am. I'm Gordon, VK4VP. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's AVRS, Automatic Voice Relay System. The major initiative that has been driving just about everything new in APRS since 2001 has been making sure that APRS can support the signalling and information system needed so that hams can text or voice to any other ham anywhere at any time using any device or any VOIP system knowing only his call sign. DSTAR is another part of this global AVRS initiative. DSTAR can already connect voice using call-to-call addressing. Echolink, IRLP and wires can do it also using APRS as the call sign and a node locator. Bob Baringa, WB4APR and his team have been working on this now for almost a decade and are making some progress. There are still lots more little interfaces and gateways that are needed to connect everything together. For example, a DSTAR user could establish or receive an Echolink or IRLP voice link if someone simply wrote the gateway interface. APRS then extends this to the mobile analogue user via the APRS object and frequency QSY system to get him onto the right RF frequency. After nine years, the hardware and mechanisms are now in place. Now to get all those smart programmers and their egos into the same room and to get them cross-connected. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, ZL Ham's Multiplex for Videos and Audio Streams. On Saturday the 4th of December, a group of Wellington and Hutt Valley radio amateurs simultaneously multiplexed four video and audio streams into one digital television transmission using low-cost equipment. The transmission was centred on 1282 MHz in accordance with the NZART band plan and occupied 1274 to 1290 MHz, the same bandwidth used as one analogue FM television transmission. DVB-S modulation format was used, receivable on an unmodified satellite TV set-top box. And the team leader? He was led by Doug, ZL2TAR. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Digital, New Amateur Radio Digital Mode, V4. V4 is a new data mode, optimised for amateur radio keyboard contacts using the Viterbi FEC and 4FSK modulation. It's designed to provide good copy, even in weak signals or poor propagation conditions. V4 can be implemented on most computers using a standard PC sound cards with radio interfaces. An alpha version of the software can be downloaded from the files section of the V4 Protocol Yahoo Group. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. French concerns over the 1.2 GHz band. French ATV Association, that's ANTA, 
have raised concerns regarding the use of amateur radio 23cm band by the Galileo and Glossner satellite navigation systems. The EU Galileo system will use 1260 to 1300 MHz, while the Russian Federation Glossner system will be on 1240 to 1260 MHz. Both systems are expected to be operational by 2015. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. Weissen dates for Eden Creek Horse and Euros 2011, the 5th to 6th of March, the 28th and 29th of May, and the 13th and the 14th of August. Mark them down and plan for these as Summerland Amateur Radio Clubs need plenty of operators. Worldwide special interest groups stamp collecting amateurs. Cuba 2010 television stamp. The Cuban Postal Administration has issued a stamp to commemorate the 60th anniversary of television in Cuba. Of course, a first-day cover is also available. And now it's time for the lowdown column. 8.97 kHz, DK7FC's latest tests. Continuing the magical exploits of Roger, G3XBM. G3XBM has received the latest VLF transmissions by DK7FC on 8.970 kHz at a distance of 669 km. Yet the signal was also received by 4X1RF in Israel at an amazing 2,873 km. DK7FC's 100mW ERP VLF signal was copied and recorded by 4X1RF at this astounding distance, yes, 2,873 km. Signal levels suggest that transatlantic amateur VLF reception may indeed be possible in the near future. And several other stations across Europe also copied Stefan's signals. This is indeed a whole new frontier for amateur radio. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Ah, the new frontier. Let's go back in time to the old frontier. And in fact, for this one, we don't have to travel back too many years at all. It was a whole new frontier. It was the frontier of portable, take it with you anywhere, music. The Sony Walkman, the cassette tape player that forever changed music habits before becoming outdated by digital MP3 players, has become a sort of silent key. This after Sony announced on October 25th that it stopped production of the cassette tape player in Japan, effectively sounding the death knell of the now obsolete portable audio device. If you're looking to put a date on the Walkman's tombstone, then October 25, 2010 is as good as any. Perhaps October 23, 2001, the day the Apple iPod was launched, is the better date. But none of the success of Apple's portable music players and those of other manufacturers would have ever happened without the Sony cassette tape Walkman. Some 220 million Walkman players were sold since the first model, the TPS-L2, debuted in July 1979. It was developed under the stewardship of Sony founders Akito Morito and Masuru Abuku. Morito insisted the device be focused on high-quality mobile playback, which was considered a relatively odd idea at the time. Originally called the Soundabout in the U.S., Sony quickly replaced the Soundabout name with the Walkman designation. It retailed for about $200 and was an immediate sensation. In fact, it was quickly hailed by supporters as a total revolution in mobile music listening. 
But more than just portability, the Walkman fostered a personalization of one's music. In fact, the Walkman was also the father of the so-called mixtape. For the first time, music listening was something you could make very personal by arranging songs in the order you wanted to hear them. It was also a way of courting a future spouse or love interest during the 1980s and 1990s. For those of you too young or simply unfamiliar with this process, making a mixtape typically entailed gathering songs, putting them all on a cassette in the order that you wanted them played, labeling the tape with care, and giving it to a love interest in school or elsewhere. The Walkman didn't disappear as much as it was improved upon by its creators and others. Sony continued to use it as a brand, but the company long ago surrendered style to Apple and the ubiquitous iPod. But one day, the iPod will likely go the way of the 45 RPM record, the LP, and the Walkman. When that happens in some far distant time, that generation will be waxing nostalgic about its passing, just as we are today about the Walkman as it becomes a part of electronic history. I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, looking for my earphones and cassette tapes here in Los Angeles. Hello, this is Fred Swainston, and I'm wishing everyone a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Wrapping up the news from the wonderful kingdom of the wonderful world of amateur radio, it's the social scene. 2011, January 30, VK2, the Mid-North Coast Radio Expo. Feb 13, VK3, Centre Victoria Radio Fest. Feb 27, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's Field Day at Wyong. Feb 27 in VK3, Yarra Valley Hamfest. This year at the Gary Cooper Pavilion, 16 Anzac Avenue, Yarrow Glen. April 9, VK6, Hills Amateur Radio Group Swap Meet at Les Murdy. April 18, Amateur Radio, the first technology-based social network. It's World Amateur Radio Day, April 18. And the day before is WIA's PR Field Day. And wrapping up our dates for the social scene of 2011, it's the WIA AGM weekend in Darwin, May 27 through 29. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB, Series Lincoln. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.